welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. So today we're going to be talking about gratitude and how we form grateful hearts with um, current climate and just in general. How do we just generally um, see the gifts that we've been given on a daily basis and be thankful and grateful to God for those? So one of my hard things to continuously be grateful for, and I am totally grateful for my children, but sometimes they can irritate me. And I have a hard time necessarily remembering to be grateful for them because I am grateful for them, but to act grateful for them. Um, when I lose my temper or when I've asked for something to be done and it hasn't been done and I've asked for the 8,000. Yes. And so I think that's probably where I have the biggest issue in being grateful or like I said, acting grateful. I, I think that's another aspect of being grateful is actually showing that we are grateful for the gifts that we have because we don't know how long our time is or their time is or any time is. I mean, look at Job. He had everything, but he continued to be grateful even as he lost everything. So how do we, how we act like Job when, when things seem like they're all crazy and society's going crazy and our lives are going crazy. How do we continue to show that gratefulness to God? I am a very cranky person initially when something does not go well. Um, like, for example, the transmission on our van, we just were told is out. And I, I couldn't even ask the mechanic questions. I just started crying because, you know, it's, it's just been like the year of everything breaking down and everything going wrong and losing jobs and all that kind of stuff. And so it was very traumatic. And, and you know, my husband said, you know, God has never left us abandoned. You know, and, and just that little reminder, gratitude brings us back to the reminder that God loves us. And even though things are not going well right now, there's always something that you can find that his provision, that his, is a sign of his care, whether it's just, we've got a roof over our head or whether it's just, you know, I've got a husband that loves me, whatever that may be, we can find something to interrupt that spiral down despair um and then also and and i sometimes i start to feel guilty about lord you know i'm sorry that i'm not more grateful that my response isn't just gratitude even in the midst of the trial um there was a priest father will prospero up in michigan we went to world youth day with him and all these things go wrong of course because it's just it's you know a church trip and he kept saying life is a ball of suffering praise god praise god my flight got canceled praise god you know, like I have a flat tire, praise God. And he would always say that phrase. And I struggle to, you know, I was saying, Lord, I'm so sorry that my first response is not gratitude. And then just remembering like, he knows, he created me, you know, the the way that I am, he knows me and he's patient with me. And, but that act of just saying, praise God, in the midst of a crisis turns us back towards the realization that he is providing that he hasn't abandoned us. Well, and I think that comes from, because like it sounds, 
I think for people who um, maybe don't have a faith background or even for people who do have a faith background and maybe just haven't kind of come to, you know, this realization in their journey through their faith, when you, you know, hear things like, my flight got canceled, praise God, you're like, well, what are you talking about? Like, what could you possibly be thankful for? But I think what it really comes down to is developing a relationship with God um, so much so that you have trust in him because mm-hmm. I think that's really what it comes down to when you're when you're saying my child is really sick right now mm-hmm. and everybody in the house is throwing up and now I'm starting to feel sick and how could I take care of my kids when I'm throwing up praise God <laughs> it's, it's because you know yes you're going through this really difficult thing that right now but trusting God that you know what like he is good he loves me I don't know what's gonna come out of all of this God could be using this uh, for you know something beautiful in my life or my kids lives or you know it's a sanctifying thing I think as well when we go through trials praise God that this is an opportunity to learn and to grow closer to him and to trust him more because I think as things are kind of spiraling out of control you know like Jesus never promised us that life was going to be easy he promised us that it's going to be hard Mm-hmm. He promises, promised us that there are going to be trials in this life. And so I think when, you know, you mentioned Job, how he lost absolutely everything. Like he had nothing physical anymore. But knowing that God is our greatest gift, no matter what, in any kind of circumstance that we have, whether what we are, you know, swimming in abundance in terms of physical uh, material things, relationships included in that. Um, or we have absolutely nothing, just remembering that God is our greatest gift and that is our greatest blessing no matter what, that he thought of us one day. I should say one day. Um, You know, he's outside of space and time, but at one point he thought of us and he loved the thought of us so much that he actually made us into being Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he wanted us that badly. I think it's such a beautiful thing that we're loved that much and just to be be grateful for that first and foremost, no matter what, just be grateful for that. And again, that also comes with, you know, believing that comes in with a trust in God that I think can only really be attained through prayer, persevering in your faith. Well, and then also in believing that his plan is better for you than anything you could possibly imagine. Because I I know one day I was very frustrated with my children because we were running late somewhere and I was like, we need to go right now. We were and, we're, and they weren't going. And we finally got out. If we had left at the time we were supposed to leave, there was a wreck at the end of our street that we would have been involved in because the, another car had T-boned another car and they had slid to where we would have been about that time. Yeah. And so, you know, just thinking that there... You know, God knows. And that, and that was something that we started saying, and we haven't said it as much lately. We need to go back to saying it. But every time, like, stuff starts getting frustrating for a while, we would, you know, the kids and I would we'd take a breath, and we would say, God knows. And so, you know, we try to just let go of what that frustration was in that moment. But for me, a lot of times, frustration comes with time. We're running late. Somebody's waiting for us. Um, I think that's part of being an American, too, is that we... We value punctuality. Most parents know with children that's not always possible because somebody <laughs> decides not to put their seatbelt on or they can't find their shoes. Um, but I get frustrated with that because I used to be a very punctual person before being a parent. So that's kind of my cross to bear. And But saying that, that little, in a way it's a prayer, God knows. 
Man, I'm trying to just let go because God's plan for you, trusting that God's plan for you is greater than what your plan is. I've been going through um, with my kids, Blessed um, series, the books from uh, Dynamic Catholics. I love that series. Yes. And um, I mean, it's very, you know, it seems very basic, but it's been such a good reminder for myself. Like, oh my goodness, such a good reminder for myself. And one of the, in like the very first lesson, it's talking about just making a list of a hundred things that you're grateful for and, and recognizing that these are ways that we're blessed. These are gifts from God. And then just keeping that list with you. And re- whenever there's times of trouble, just look at your list of things that you are grateful for, things that God has blessed you with life, you know, a favorite toy. <laughs> but you just keep that with you. And just that reminder that, you know, sometimes you really just need that tangible reminder that God loves you. And he has blessed you with so many things, despite like whatever else is going on in your life. And sometimes all that you like, even reading that, you're like, I I don't really like, you know, I'm not feeling this. But just remembering that God, like God alone is enough. Like he loves us and he has given so much for us. We're giving some tangible things. It's great and fiery to say, oh, let's be God, you know, grateful for everything God gives us. He created everything and let's be grateful for it. It's always easier said than done. But sure. what are the practical ways for us to be grateful? Making a list and looking at it. That's one of the ways for us right. to practically look and remind ourselves that these are gifts. And because we don't always feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another issue is that we always think we have to feel something to be grateful for. Or we always have to feel something to love it. You don't have to feel anything. You just have to tell God, thank you for those things. Or you have to sacrifice for the people that you love. You do things for them to show that, you know, I feed my kids because I love them. You know, I clothe them because I love them. I, you know, I don't have to feel like bubbly and happy that to put a shirt on my child, you know, um, we show these, th- we can do these things without feeling them. And, but I think that having something to look at, like you post up a list, these are the things I'm grateful for. You don't always have to feel mm-hmm. grateful for them to say, thank you, God, for giving me these things because my life would be totally different without them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think another thing, like we're, we're starting to do this at dinner, although imperfectly, because we're really bad about establishing family prayer and sticking with it. And we're just not very good at it. But we've started doing um, kind of an examine at dinner. So usually at dinner we talk about, you know, the things that went on in our days. And we'll talk about, like, the best thing and the worst thing and all of this. But what the examine does. And Lauren um, provided this link to me. So thank you. It was talking about how in when you're talking about the, the highs and lows of the day, then every, you know, one person can kind of take turns saying prayers for the other people. Um, so if somebody says, you know, well, this was, you know, the high of my day, this was great, this was wonderful, we can say a prayer of thanksgiving. And then if, you know, somebody says a low, then you can say a prayer for that person to, you know, help them through it or to help them, I think, even to see the the good that comes out of it. Um, yeah, and so I, I really like that the aspect of that um, examine that I want, I really want to establish in my children and really establish in myself as well because I'm not great at this in the moments in those difficult parts of the day and our you know our lows where the kids are going to timeout or when I'm 
stressed out and you know all of this that you know i can stop and i can say a prayer of gratitude for god for god first of all for just loving me and creating me and creating my children and then secondly for this difficult time because it's an opportunity to grow and i think you know doing that every night different parts of the day the highs and the lows saying thank you to god and just calling that to mind Obviously, it, that's easier said than done. That's more of a disciplinary thing where you've got to practice it. But I think, you know, it can be achieved. Right, even like a simple prayer when you wake up. Thank you, God, for this day. Just, you know, a little start to grow on, a little seed to plant to get to a bigger prayer. Um, yeah, well, and St. Um, Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa, I heard recently that she used to have a practice where every morning she would wake up and the first thing that she would do, the first thing that she would say was, I love you, Jesus, mm-hmm. because it started her day with that relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've kind of, I've tried to start remembering to do that. I say, you know, good morning, Jesus, I love you. Um, and it is, it's, it is kind of like a prayer. I guess I've never really thought of it that way, but mm-hmm. I think it is mm-hmm. kind of a prayer of Thanksgiving of just like, this is my day. Thank you for giving me this day. Thank you for being a part of my day. Well, you mentioned St. Mother Teresa. Another thing I was going to say is looking at the lives of the saints is they didn't always feel flowery, but they still strive to thank God for what they had. You know, even like St. Therese of Lisieux, I mean, she had the nun that yelled at her when she came to feed her, but she did it with a smile on her face. And, and But she also was thankful for the opportunity to take care of that sister. And I think even, you know, when somebody is mean, you know, even looking for the, well, at least it was the opportunity to be with that person, even if they didn't appreciate what I did for them. Um, So looking at the lives of the saints, I think helps too. And even looking in scripture to go deeper about what gratitude is organically. Where, Where does it come from? Why is it a virtue? And I think that if you look, in the lives of the saints, like you said, you see that gratitude kind of comes naturally when the heart is ordered the way it's supposed to be. The saints looked to God for everything. He was who he went, who they went to for everything. They depended on him for everything in their life, for every grace, for every breath. They were always looking to him to provide what they needed, whether that was in their apostolate, whether that was in their work. He was always the one who was doing the work. They were just joining him where he was already at work. And even in scripture, like it says in the Psalms, all creation waits for the hand of God to feed them. And Jesus even in the gospels, you know, and the sparrow, look at the sparrows. They don't toil. They don't, you know, worry about their bread. They just wait for me to give it to them. <laughs> they just assume I'm going to. And they go about glorifying me the way they were made to be in their sparrow way. And I think in a human, and the way that translates to humanity is, Gratitude is that absence of fear that just happens organically when you're looking to God to provide it, to provide what you need when you expect him to do it, when you know he's going to show up and do it somehow, some way. It's that absence of controlling fear because then you're just, you're able to say, okay, Lord, I've I got a situation here. I can't do this on my own. Um, I'm not going to be able to muster up whatever it is I need here. I need you to do what you, need, what you do best to show up and provide. And, and, that's, and we're talking about in tough situations, like financial situations or things that you wouldn't think to be grateful for. Gratitude can come in those situations as you wait on the Lord to do what he does. 
whether that's in people's hearts, whether that's in our bank accounts, whether that's whatever it is, I think it translates to the gaze is less on us. It's focused on God, and then the heart is able, is freed to be grateful for whatever comes. And that's how you see saints being grateful for things that you're like, there is no way I could ever <laughs> embrace that life or that cross or that situation that happened. But when they see, as you said, Alicia, who God is, and you, they see him show up in their lives over and over and over again, that controlling fear, that anxiety starts to loosen its grip on the soul. And I think that's what is the gratitude that pleases the heart of God is just when we just let him be who he is. <laughs> in our lives and ask him to help us then there's that room for gratitude and then the fear loosens the sparrows aren't afraid you know they're Mm -hmm. not afraid he doesn't want us to be afraid either and i think that's when i think about how do i translate this virtue into my life i think it, it really boils down to just letting go of my idea of how this was supposed to look and being grateful for how it looks that actually brings up this awesome quote by um, Blessed Robert Southwell. He says, no picture can be drawn with only the brightest colors. You know, mm. when you're saying that's how it looks. I, that um, I think it's hard sometimes when all we see is like the black <laughs> and gray. But the Lord also helps us to be grateful as mm. well. He can help us to. Yes. Literally, this morning, my husband tried to do the dishes and... I was grateful that he was trying, but it was not the way that I would do them. And it was like just watching was painful to me. And so I literally prayed like, Lord, please help me to, to acknowledge the good thing that he's doing, that this is coming from his heart, even though to me it's wrong and I'm going to have to go in and fix it. Um, like, please help me to, to have a grateful heart for what he's doing. Literally just pray that. And I feel like sometimes we think that it's all on our own. You know, um, Stacey, you were saying about the feelings, that we have to feel grateful. But sometimes we need that Holy Spirit to nudge us in that direction because of our own human weakness. Because, you know, I'm a duty person. I'm the oldest in my family. I took care of kids. You do what you do because you're supposed to do it. You don't get thanked for doing what you're supposed to do. And I feel like sometimes I carry that attitude with my family. Like, I'm not going to thank you for doing what you were supposed to do anyway. Whereas if when somebody thanks me, that sense of appreciation gives you some value. You know, it makes you feel valuable. It makes you feel important. So the Lord can help us to be grateful, but also help us to be grateful for the things that other people do that maybe our initial reaction is to be aggravated or annoyed because it's not perfect so definitely call on the holy spirit to help and say hey help me see the good in the situation help me see the heart that was behind this gesture so that i can have a heart of gratitude well i think related to that noel and uh, lauren what you guys said us becoming more grateful is not is not all on our own shoulders right to become grateful sure. because a relationship with god is a communal relationship it's not just us trying 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 and then you know god will kind of step in here and there Um, He doesn't have to show us that he'll be there for us, but he does in his own way, in his own time. And so, like you were saying, Lauren, when we're not focusing on ourselves and so rigid in what it is that we want, when we want it, how we want it, and we focus more on God, then we can be, I think, more receptive to Mm -hmm. the way that God wants to show us that we can trust him and, 
you know, we can be grateful for, you know, even the difficult times. Mother Teresa is good for this, you know, when you brought her up. She's, oftentimes they had no idea how they were going to feed the poor that day. Or they would run out of something. Or shipment wouldn't come when it was supposed to come. And she was so, she would just say, God will send. You know, there was never a question in her mind that he wasn't going to take care of his little poor that were hers to look after. And she would say those little things like, you know, God will send what is needed. And I've, I adopt a lot of her little crazy things in my motherhood because, you know, when I don't have a grateful heart or when that bank account, based on the bills I know that are coming out, that number is not going to work <laughs> with what's going to come out of that bank. <laughs> you know, it's things like that. God will send. Mm-hmm. And then he, and he does, you know, and then you're like, oh my gosh, what else can you do? And that, that's when the gratefulness comes where you just say, God will send. When I'm bitter and angry and full of anxiety and I can't muster any gratitude on, on the feeling side, God will send. God will send. I just, you know, it sounds trite, but I mean, she, she, this is how she lived her life. Who's to say we can't do the same thing? Just expecting him to show up. I wish we would. Yeah. This is a lesson that I learned a while back when uh, my husband kept telling me to make sure to tithe out of every paycheck. Well, I'm, I'm the financier in our relationship. He doesn't do anything with finances. So as I'm looking at our stuff, I'm like, well, you know, based upon our bills and our spending habits and all this stuff, we can't really afford to tithe. So I'd, you know, give the church every week like $20, $40 mm-hmm. or whatever kind of based on it. And so he asked me one time, he was like, you know, are we, are we tithing? And I said, no, you know, because of this and this and this. And he's like, we really need to tithe. And I'm thinking like, you don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, I need to sit, you know, get a spreadsheet here and we need to talk about this. And he was like, yeah, seriously, start tithing. I was so reluctant to do so, but I ended up starting to tithe. And I was really worried that the money wasn't going to be there for what it is that we needed to have. And... You know, at the time, our bills were really tight. Like, no, I mean, not horrible. Like, we were definitely doing much better than we could be doing. Um, but, yeah, as I'm as I'm tithing and, you know, therefore spending much more money on the church, um, I just, yeah, I just remember being really anxious about it. And, you know, something would come up and we wouldn't have the money for it. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. We've already Mm -hmm. given the church the money. I can't take it back now. We've already spent this and, and, you know, we're going to be over. We don't have the money for this, but we have to spend this. What are we going to do? So I'm thinking credit cards and all this stuff. And then something came up and somebody was like, oh, I owed you this money. Here you go. And I had completely Mm -hmm. forgotten about it. And it just came at that time, things like that. And it just kept Mm -hmm. happening over and over again. And so... You know, now there are times when I'm like, you know, oh, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm do, as I'm budgeting, and I'm like, it's hard to write it that really? check. It, is. it really is <laughs> hard. Like, we could afford this thing over here if I didn't write this check right now. Mm-hmm. But I try to remember that, that, you know, like God has provided every single time. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for that. And even when we haven't had, you know, necessarily the money that we wanted to have, like we're still so abundantly blessed that we're able to mm-hmm. give the tithe to the church because I know it's not it's not a requirement in the Catholic Church mm-hmm. you don't have to tithe, um, but the fact that we've been able to um, and still be able to afford, you know, many things that you know all the things that we've needed to afford and many things that we've wanted to, 
you know, like like you said, just God just he keeps on providing over and over again. And don't you think that in that tithing, really, well, first of all, when we are generous, then our hands are open to mm-hmm. also receive. Yes. But I think, too, we practice that spirit of detachment, that gratitude yes. that this is not mine. This belongs mm-hmm. to you, Lord. I give this return. You know, what return can I make into the Lord for all the good he's done for me? That's one of the Psalms. And it's when you have that detachment, it also does change your spending habits. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe we don't need a 70 inch flat screen TV this month. You know, uh, you, you do start to practice that detachment in a practical way when you do tithing that I think makes you not only more grateful for what you have, mm-hmm. but more discerning in how are you using God's gifts. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that it does it like it focuses you more on God because mm-hmm. your money, you're putting it to God as opposed to all the material things that you would otherwise. And so like you're talking about the detachment mm-hmm. and he well, starts to change you too. Like he starts to change the things mm-hmm. that matter to you, your money. Yes. When you do that, something <laughs> clicks in your brain and it becomes his money. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you see someone on the side or you, see, you, you hear of a need that someone has. And without even thinking about it, you just give it. And you just trust that the Lord's going to get it on the back end. <laughs> and it becomes this beautiful just exchange where God is able to do what he wants with every part of your life. If you can detach from money, that's the one thing Jesus said. It's like a deterrence to, mm-hmm. to getting into heaven is this attachment to money. Like if you look in the Gospels, it's so hard for a rich man to come to the kingdom of God, he says. So like if you if you can let the Lord be in charge of your money, I mean everything else is pretty easy to let go of, right? That's well, a big one. And <laughs> even Pope St. John Paul II um, talked about, you know, not just money, but any type of desire, mm-hmm. you know, he would he would pray god's will be done crazy situation he found himself in before he was pope like if you if you go back and like really look at his life it was there were some really interesting situations that he got into and he just would say god's will be done and and god had the plan for him that he had for him and got him through the way he needed to get him through because he just trusted. And there was times that he wanted to do something, but he was like, oh, God's will be done. And God, he just gave it all up. So even outside of finances, but any desires, just having that trust that you talked about, Alicia, and just letting God work the way he's going to work in our lives, allowing him to do that and not being resistant Mm -hmm. helps us be open to the gratitude that he, of the gifts he gives us every day. Yeah. Well, and I want to make sure to point out too that, you know, trusting in God and expecting him to show up when we need and respect to show up, I don't think it necessarily means that it's going to happen when we want it to right. i guess mm-hmm. i guess Timing. i guess maybe saying when we expect it to or we think that we need it to because sometimes we can say hey god you know mm-hmm. i'm doing all the right things here like you're gonna you know make sure i can pay my electric bill right <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of a sudden you can't pay it mm-hmm. um you know it doesn't mean that life is going to be hunky-dory yeah it i think you know god god I, I hear people sometimes and they talk about how you know oh well thank goodness god answered my prayer because he gave me what i wanted right and that's mm-hmm. that's the insinuation they don't say that but that's the insinuation god god answered my prayer you know, AKA gave me what I wanted, but God always answers our prayers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Either he says yes, or he says no, or he says wait. Mm-hmm. And the waiting is one of the hardest ones, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when you say, you know, I'm, 
you know, I'm tithing and I'm doing these things, you know, it's not just our works that, you know, bring us to God. It's not just our works that, you know, are important and, and, you know, help us to attain heaven. It's our faith. They work in accompaniment together. Um, And so even when God says no or God says you have to wait, you know, because I have a specific purpose, you don't know what that is. But, you know, trust me. You know, it's going to work out however I want it to work out or however it does work out. Um, you know, we have the responsibility of, on our end, of responding with that trust and that gratitude still. Um, that's what you had talked about just now about, you know, sometimes it's wait and sometimes it's no. And, um, but I was also going to add, you said responsibility, that we, we also have to remember that God does give us a vocation. So we do have responsibilities here on earth and so we can't just also just lay back and just say well god's got it and right. just like not right. do anything mm-hmm. um you know i re- reminded that story of the guy that's on his roof you know there's a flood and he's on the roof and he's like he prays to god to save him and a boat comes by he's like no god's gonna save me and the boat goes and then another a helicopter comes by oh god's gonna save me and then he gets to heaven. He's like, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent like a like the boat and the yeah. kayak and the you know. He's like, you have we have to we still have responsibilities and choices to make here on earth, so we have to trust in His plan. But we also have the responsibility to act on the plan that He puts in front of us. Um, I actually have a really great story about that. What that pair or that boat's gonna save me? Or, mm-hmm. You know, God's gonna save me thing. Because I was on my way to the airport to speak at a, a youth conference, and my car broke down. And this is the only flight that I can get out because I lived in Dodge City, Kansas, and there's only one flight that was going out um, in Garden City, which is about an hour from Dodge. So uh, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, it's dark, it's snowy, and my car breaks down. I have a very bad track record with cars, apparently. <laughs> um, and so we were. I was heading, uh, and the car was overheating and I called my husband and there's a little thing flashing on our dashboard that says, turn the engine off. And so I called my husband. I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, turn the engine off. What is the matter with you? So I turned the engine off and I pulled right into the only gas station between home and the airport. And I roll in and he's like, check the radiator fluid. So I got somebody to help me open the hood of the car because I couldn't even do that at this point. And we saw that the radiator fluid container was empty so I go in and I'm telling everybody like I have to get to this flight and bought the radiator fluid filled it up car starts going we're fine and then all of a sudden it breaks down again and I'm sitting on the side of the road and I'm really mad because at this point smoke is coming out of the car so I couldn't even drive it if I wanted to (laughs) and that I'm gonna miss my flight there's no way I'm going to be able to get a ride to the airport at this point and so I tell my husband like how could this happen you know doesn't the lord see i'm trying to get to this conference to talk about him and try to bring people to him and this is what happens and my husband said you know hun this is his work if he wants you to do it he'll equip you to do it it's fine so he calls AAA. i'm sitting there in my car angry and cranky and finally i was just like okay lord you're right this is your work um if you want me to get to the airport you have to provide a way Well, then all of a sudden this guy pulls up and he rolls down his window and he's like, hey, are you the girl that needs to get to the airport? And I was like, um, 
yes. And he goes, well, I was just back at this gas station and I heard there's a girl on the way to the airport, but her car's breaking down. I'd be happy to take you there. And I was like, okay. You also have a track <laughs> here's record the thing. for going with strangers. And yes, houses. I do have a track record for, for trusting the stranger. Um, and so, but, it, but I immediately thought of that story. Like, well, I asked God to save me and here's this guy it's dark on the middle of this two-lane highway and there's nothing around who wants to take me to the airport like what are the odds <laughs> so I get in this guy's car and I shut the door and I was like immediately as I shut the door I'm like this is how I die <laughs> you know? so I was like oh I'm six months pregnant because I figured nobody would want to like hurt a pregnant lady so then my husband calls me we're on the way to the airport at this point and my husband calls and I'd forgotten that he was going to call me back and find out where I was so AAA could come pick me up. And I was like, oh, hey, hon. He's like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm on the way to the airport. And he goes, oh, the car's working? And I was like, no, I got a ride. <laughs> and he was so upset and so worried. I had to hang up on him because at that point it was so crazy. But then we get to the airport and uh, my husband calls me back. We only had one set of car keys for this car. And he says, um, hey, by the way, did you leave the keys in the car so that I can go get it repaired when we tow it? And I was like, no. But this guy was like, well, I could take the keys and meet up with your husband later. And I was like, okay. So I gave him the keys. <laughs> <laughs> your mother husband, is very angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> my husband was so upset. But but here's the thing. I I really feel like sometimes God wants to impress us. Yes. He wants to just blow your yes. mind with what he's going to do. That everything seems hopeless and lost. And he's like, come walk out onto the water with mm-hmm. me. Like there's going to be a miracle. And this is my baby crying. He wants to talk to you. Um, but there's going to be a miracle. Like come walk on the water. My kids and I had a great conversation about this the other day. There's a song out right now. I'm sure everybody's heard of it. It's the Do What You Are Famous For or something like that. It talks about the waters, goes through all the miracles of the Old and the New Testament talking about it. It says, God, come in our generation and do what you're famous for. And my kids love that song. They like to sing all the miracles, you know, because it's like go, goes through the, the Old Testament. And my son at one point asked, well, does God still, like, what, what, does God still do big miracles like that? And I was like, yes, teaching moment. <laughs> and so I was like, yes, he does. He wants to show up. He, his nature is to show off a little. I mean, that's kind of how he is. Like you said, he's, he sort of likes to make sure you know it was him. And and they said, well, what, what can he do? And I said, well, let's think about the stuff in your life that feels like a giant ocean that you can't cross, the, the struggles that you have that you just can't seem to get over, the worries that you have. What if he could part those seas in a way? And what if he could help you be nice to your sister? What if he could help you learn to control your anger? What if he wants to show up in your life? Why don't you ask him for that? and ask him to do it in a way that only he can do so that you can know that he will show up for you. And it was just a beautiful conversation. Because I do think that God can do miracles in our lives and in our interior lives to lead him, lead us to him. And I've seen it. I've experienced it. And that's why I know it. Um, there are things that he's done in my heart, freed me from things that I absolutely was not sure I would ever be free from, that I now walk in freedom from those things today. And 
It's just, I think that you're right, Noel. I think that God isn't, it's not a lack of God showing up. It's a lack of us asking him to, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lack of us trying to respond to him and allowing him to be who he is mm -hmm. in our lives, do, to do what he's famous for. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a lack of recognizing that he's there. We don't always see the, the work that God has in our lives until later. Um, like, look at, you know, looking back at the time in my life when my, my dad was really sick and he passed away. And, you know, at the time, everything was like, you know, very difficult. But looking back now, I can see, the, uh, see God's hand in it. And um, the way he moved in my life um, to get me and to get, you know, my, the rest of my family kind of where we are now. Um, but at the time, it's hard to see. And so sometimes it's just, it's, it's looking beyond our own little window to recognize the gifts that God has. Yeah, well, and I have a point to make. The first one I want to say is that, Noel, if I ever am around for your canonization, I'm going to suggest that you be the patron saint of car problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be praying to you. In hitchhikers. And tri and hitchhikers, yeah. <laughs> hitchhikers. <laughs> Risk-taking behavior. <laughs> Risk-taking behaviors for sure. No, but um, yeah, like, related to what y'all were saying, you know, I've been asked by a few people since my conversion, like why it is that there aren't miracles and prophecies and things like that, like they, you know, describe in the Bible anymore. And they used to just say, you know, look, well, it was all made up. This isn't actually reality. This isn't how it is. And at the time, I didn't really know how to answer that question because I hadn't gotten I think into a point in my life where I guess one I was open to a whole lot of it and but two I wasn't willing to necessarily share certain things because I have had experiences in my life um, you know one of them led directly to my conversion and it was a miracle that happened but I think that points to what you guys were saying about like the need for the openness in order to experience those miracles and to know them like that they can happen to know that you can that God is going to work in your life for you personally because you know the, the things that happen in the Bible yes they, they relate to the stories and the miracles and everything and they relate to the family of God as a whole and everything but they happen in individual people's lives and they were written down and so God works in our individual lives um, to affect not only us, but, you know, if we allow it through ourselves to the people around us. So to cap it all together, being grateful is a willingness to be open to the work of God in our life. And we don't always have to feel overwhelmed by our emotions to be grateful. We can just simply say thank you. And that goes for everything in our lives from people to the things that we have we just need to thank god for your prayer and our trust and as always thank you for joining us thanks thank you join us again in two weeks when we discuss joyfully journeying through advent until then may god bless you and may mary accompany you